Hello and welcome to the November 5th, 2018 edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. My name is Mr. Joe. This is my neighborhood. This is my life. But this is our podcast journey. Welcome to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. Well, let me first start by saying it is so good to be back, so good to be with you. Um, Just so great that you guys are here with me as well. And uh, it's been a couple of days, probably about a week and much longer than we typically have gone, uh, probably since around September of this year. We've been pretty consistent with our podcast episodes, and of course, once again, Work and business had prevented me from recording, and obviously I will give you all an update on that. We'll get into that in a a brief minute. Uh, But I just, again, I wanted to welcome everybody back to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast and say how much I missed speaking to everybody and how important this truly is to me because there's no doubt about it. Um, It's been on my mind. It's been missing in my life, and like I've said so many times before, I really don't know how I would be able to get by without uh, having my audience and us as a family together. So with that being said, I guess it's probably best to just jump right into it. Might as well. And, uh, you know, this is a bipolar podcast, and we've spent many a time speaking about a variety of mental illnesses, a variety of drug addictions, um, alcohol addiction, anxiety, depression, and of course, again, bipolar disorder. And this particular episode will be certainly centered around bipolar disorder because there is no doubt that Mr. Joe is, at least in the midst of what I would refer to as one of his mixed states, Um, rapid cycling, eh, not so much, not as typically rapid as we normally do from hour to hour, but no doubt about it that, um, within a 24 hour time period, we will rapidly psych cycle. And, uh, that's been going on for quite a few days. And I guess we could start by last Wednesday was the first day of my business trip in which I had to take a ride out to the place in which I was going to be traveling to. It was within driving distance. And I will start by saying this. I had an instant um, bout of anxiety in terms of attending this particular event, not for any other reason other than the fact that I just didn't want to be there. And I don't mean that I didn't want to work. I don't mean that I didn't want to see the people that I saw. I just didn't want to make the drive. I was I was more concerned about the late night, the um, the darkness, uh, traveling out there, um, the hotel check-in. It was a new hotel. I just didn't have a whole lot of confidence going out there. And unfortunately, it basically carried over into my attitude and the way that I treated my wife. And I have to tell you, it has been a very, very long time that I have exploded towards my wife and acted the way in which I acted last Wednesday. And it, it was just a horrible way to say goodbye. It really was. In a nutshell, I wanted to 
while I didn't want to go, and I don't know if anybody out there can understand where I'm coming from this with this, as much as I didn't want to go, I just wanted to get going over with. And I had so much anxiety about leaving that I just wanted to get into the car and go. And what started out as a very doable plan on Halloween, which would have resulted in simply going to the doctor with my wife to get the measurements of our new child that resides in her belly right now. And... Um, you know, having a very enjoyable doctor's appointment with my little guy Mickey present for the whole thing while they do this really intense sonogram and then leaving that uh, doctor and taking a ride to my mother-in-law's so she could see uh, little Mickey in his Halloween costume and then spending a couple of minutes there and taking a ride out to my sister's and essentially being halfway to where I needed to be if I got to my sister's. And All of those plans were completely turned around and put on hold, so to speak, because not only was my uh, little guy, Mickey, not allowed in the doctor's office or in the doctor's room. Now, we've had many, many of sonograms before, and he's always been allowed in. This was a different doctor because it was a more intense sonogram, and he wasn't allowed in. So that started a chain of events that basically nearly killed Mr. Joe, (laughs) I got to tell you, because, listen, little Mickey, when we had this exact same sonogram done with him, he was very uncooperative, to say the least, and our biggest fear was that his soon-to-be sister would be the same way, and essentially what that means is, you know, there's a certain way that the child or the baby has to lay within the um, belly in order to get the proper measurements and take the right pictures. And basically, to sum it up, she was just completely uncooperative. And it was a two-hour and 45-minute appointment in which I was not allowed in the room with my little guy. And I basically had nowhere to go other than be in a waiting room and every couple of minutes take him out onto the street of where this doctor's office was. And after a while, that gets a little bit played out, especially with a little 18-month-old who finds it fascinating and fun to run around on a street and not give any care in the world about, you know, where he's running or what he's running into or whether or not he's going to fall. So this went on for three hours and... At this point in time, the next step now was to go to her mother's. And at that point, I was so taken back by the the day's events and how miserably wrong everything went that I said to my wife, I said, I got to go. I just got to go to this event. And, you know, meanwhile, work was trying to get in touch with me. And, you know, I had to do a couple of conference calls. And it was important that I got to my destination in order to complete those conference calls, which I normally would have been able to do had we been on the right schedule. Well, we were not. And my, my wife was extremely sensitive and rightfully so in the, in the fact that I was not going to get my, be able to see my son trick or treat even for a couple of minutes. Um, you know, which I guess to her is a big deal. And if you think about it, to me, it was a pretty big deal also.
it certainly had me upset that I wasn't going to get to see him. I had planned on getting to, you know, be there for at least a house or two. You know, the joy of watching him walk up and put his little hands out for candy. And all that was gone. All that was just done. I I needed to get out of there. I really did. For my own sanity, for my own, own mental state of mind. And she started to cry. She started to cry. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that she had just been through living hell in that room. You know, they do some really wild stuff to you when they can't get your baby to cooperate. And um, that has to do with a lot of poking and prodding and different positioning and things of that nature. So she was shot to begin with, and she was just very upset, emotionally distraught. And rather than me being supportive, I essentially started screaming at the top of my lungs in a parking garage where we were parked. I had my car, she had hers. I'm not going to your mother's. I don't have time for this. I have to work. What do you not understand? This is a business trip. This is not a time for me to be playing around. I mean, and and I'm keeping it very PG right now, everybody. I screamed at the top of my lungs. I became angry. I became vicious. She cried even more. Um, You know, and then the ever so popular... Boom, pull away, screech out of there like a maniac and pull around the corner and then feel like a complete moron because of what you just did. Call back. And even then I couldn't compose myself. I really couldn't because every single thing that she said, although she was probably right, it just ticked me off. It just pissed me off. And there was really nothing that she could say that didn't make me angry. And at some point I had to finally say, listen, I love you. Let me drive. Let me be safe. You be safe. Go enjoy our son. Take a few pictures. We can't continue this anymore because I knew I was going to get meaner and meaner. And, um, you know, unfortunately, that's the way we kind of left off. I drove out to the destination. And of course, as I'm walking in, the hotel door, the hotel lobby. Now, granted, I had not urinated in hours. I'm ready to explode. I'm walking in the door, and of course the phone rings, and it's her. And before I even have a chance to say, you know, babe, can I call you back? I'm just checking in now. I just got here. She starts going off on the fact that she was walking and trick-or-treating, and her phone fell, and it broke, and she's now um, without a phone, so she had to run to the store, and she purchased an $800 phone. I didn't have time to argue. Now, sensibly, when I woke up the next day, I said, take your phone, go to a repair shop, and see if it could even get fixed because she didn't have any contacts backed up. She had nothing. She essentially had a brand new phone with no backup. And I said, if that stuff is important to you, then for a considerable less amount of money, go to a store, see what it costs to have your phone fixed, if they can even fix it. By the way, it was only $84 to fix the screen. And take this new phone back. Which she listened to and uh, she was grateful that she listened and she went ahead and did that. But this is the type of stuff. So as she's ranting and raving, you know, once again, I'm like, uh, I got to go. Can I please call you back? And, uh, you know, I guess that once again made her upset. So it was just not a good start to the trip. As a matter of fact, I mean, I got there so late that I missed the dinner. That was scheduled for this particular trip. 
um, you know, which was a paid dinner by my company. Um, and essentially I had to use my own money and pay for my own dinner elsewhere. And which again, not such a big deal, but I'll tell you this, I behaved myself properly. It was a good trip in terms of business, um, adventures, business relationships, business results. But in terms of my own personal mental health, it was an absolute nightmare. It really was. And, and, it, and it all all basically stems down to one thing, and that's sleep. That's sleep. Uh, there was one night, guys, that dinner was not served until 9, 10 at night. I mean, come on. Let's be real here. Mr. Joe is usually in bed by 9.30. You're going to tell me at 9.10 I'm going to start eating dinner? I mean, so there is no doubt that this trip and the lack of sleep, the off-sleep hours that I once again dealt with, and we've reported on this many times before, activated a mood swing in Mr. Joe, which many, many times would be of the manic sense. Now, I don't recall last time what had transpired in terms of the mood swings. I, I, I think my last trip resulted in a very mixed state of mind. I'd actually have to go back and listen to my own podcast to remember. But I'll tell you this, I got home Friday and while I was so-so Friday, it was late. I got to see my guy, my little man, my wife, hugs and kisses. I missed you guys so much. Little did I know that the mood swing was going to kick in that particular evening based on the fact that I had now fell asleep and slept, woke up on a Saturday, Saturday and I slept for 14 hours straight. So I guess you could say it certainly didn't activate a manic mood swing. If anything, it activated a um, depressive mood swing. I mean, 14 hours straight. Now, on top of that, here's the other part. I could not move all day long. As a matter of fact, I laid on a couch all day long fighting falling asleep, in which many occurrences, I actually did end up closing my eyes and falling out and sleeping basically, essentially out like a light again. So I just slept all day. I was sad. I was unmotivated. I was miserable. And what makes it even worse is that I had not seen my family in days. How could a person be miserable the way that I was when I missed a family and a child and my other kids that, you know, although um, they were not with me this particular weekend, one of the few weekends that they were not, I just didn't even have the strength to, to call them. Although I did, my conversations with them were not very productive. My interactions with my son on Saturday were not pr very productive. My overall mood with my wife was just miserable. Thank goodness she understands mental illness, really, because another woman would have booted me out, which is what my ex-wife used to do, because she didn't understand that bipolar disorder is a real thing and actually exists, and a person can't control their bipolar disorder without the use of medication, and she used to think that a person can just snap their fingers and everything gets better, you know, her thing was, get out, you're miserable, leave, go. 
get out of here. I don't support you. Whereas my my wife now, man, God bless her. She's an angel. She really is. Now, I have to assume one of the other things that was having a major effect on me was that that particular evening, Saturday night, we were all geared up to go to a Halloween dress-up party at her sister's and my brother-in-law's. And as you all could imagine, dear Lord Almighty, was I in no mood to go to this thing. No mood. I mean, I was miserable. I was anxious about it all day long to the point where when I finally had enough energy to get up and shower and I knew her parents were coming to watch our little guy Mickey, when I got out of the shower and I had expected her mom to be there around 7 o'clock and it was only 6.15 and I heard her mother and father's voice and I said, oh my God, once again, I'm thrown off. I wasn't expecting anybody in my house. Now I'm going to walk out in a towel, 6.15. And by the way, I wasn't expecting her dad either. And I know a lot of this sounds like it's not a big deal. But it, once again, it was a it was a curveball. It was a monkey wrench thrown into my routine in terms of what I expected. So man, you ever want to hear the phrase, if you fake it till you make it? Well, it started the moment I walked out of that bathroom. And... It was difficult to speak. It was difficult to pay attention. It was difficult to drive to this particular event. And when I walked into this particular event, I had immediate tunnel vision or that tunnel feeling in which I literally could not see anything around me. And my conversations with people were just, you know, you couldn't help but say to yourself, they must think I'm a moron. They must think that there is something cognitively wrong with me because I can't even answer questions quick enough or make statements that make any sense. Now, I faked it till I made it long enough where, thank goodness, around 10.30, which again, late, late, late night for Mr. Joe, my wife felt like she had had enough and I couldn't wait to get back in that car. And go home. And we did. And about a half hour after we arrived home, her parents left. So now we're looking at 11 o'clock. Her sister only lived 10 minutes from us. So now we're looking at 11 o'clock. Mr. Joe's still up. And here's where the kicker comes in. (laughs) Somebody who is dealing with quote-unquote depression, you would think i jump right into the sack and call it a night. No. No. That's where the mixed episodes start. And... Now I'm up until 1.30, and I can't fall asleep, no matter what. And I'm hyper, and I'm watching TV, and I'm watching um, sports events, and I'm, I'm, uh, my eyes are wide open. I literally cannot fall asleep. And something else that, unfortunately, is not within any of our control, something that I believe had the ultimate the ultimate effect on my overall mood that stemmed into Sunday slash Monday was the wonderful event of turning back the clock. (laughs) I mean, listen, I guess in one sense you could say I turned back the clock, got an extra hour of that sleep, and on Sunday I felt a little bit better. I was actually able to get up and go to what we call a car show or a a truck show of some sort. So I I actually was able to move and get out. And we took my little guy, Mickey, 
And he loved it. He absolutely loved it. He got to see fire engines and helicopters and police cars and, and tanker trucks and actually sit in them. It was amazing. And then I went to my uh, older son's soccer game and my dad was there. He showed up. Um, you know, he ended up coming. So it, it was just great. It was a great overall day. But for the most part throughout the day, I was riddled with anxiety riddled with anxiety, just overwhelmed with stress and this just overwhelming feeling of uncertainty. Uncertainty as to where I was even belonging, if that makes any sense. Where did I belong? What, 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 what was wrong with my mind? Why couldn't I just feel stable like I have felt in so many, for so many weeks prior to this? Or at least I think, again, according to my wife, she told me when I screamed my brains out in the garage, that parking garage, that once again, I've been like this for many, many weeks. So I really have to start monitoring how I feel. It's a wonderful thing that I'm going to my doctor tonight. I have an eight o'clock appointment. But I'll tell you this, I'm stressed about that too. I usually love to go see my doctor. I have not woken up with anxiety or a feeling of worry about my job and being at my new place of employment since I have started working, down to the fact that even my first day of work where a person, a typical person, would be nervous to start, I was thrilled, excited, couldn't wait. Now, am I making it today? Yeah, because I'm a good worker and I'm a good employee and I know what I'm doing and things have to get done and if they're not going to get done, Ultimately, it's going to fall on me. So you got to do what you got to do. But that doesn't mean that I am not completely strapped with anxiety. And the fact that I was worried all night long. I mean, guys, you know, down to shaving my face. That was a task. But a task in the sense where it was more of a mental issue in which my mind would not stop racing. You got to do this. You got to iron. You got to shave. How are you going to do this? You got to, you know, you have no lunch. What are you going to eat for breakfast? I mean, who does all these things thinking about breakfast the day before they have to be at work? Well, I'll tell you, somebody who has been affected by a time change. No doubt about it. You know, as far as I'm concerned, the time change that we go through, it absolutely 100% triggers... The bipolar balance. Let's put it that way. Time triggers bipolar balance. And I think that time change really kind of sucks. Not only does it make me miserable to know that in a couple of minutes from now it's going to be dark. I mean, and it's only 4.10 in Mr. Joe's neighborhood right now that I'm recording. I mean, come on, give me a break. Um, I mean, you know, what, what more do we need than this miserable, depressive, like, um, you know, change? It's just horrifying. It really is. So, um, I'm making it, I am making it. I mean, I'm grateful that I've been able to pull through and, um, I got some great coworkers. Thank goodness. Uh, it was so nice. My boss is back in town. It was so nice to see him. You know, most people aren't crazy about their boss. I happen to love mine. And I'd rather he be here than not be here. Um, he's just an amazing man. So that's kind of cool. But overall, I'm just hoping that I kind of uh, swing back into things. And 
this mood levels out. I'm almost at the point where I'm wondering, do I say something to my doctor, but preface it by saying that my sleep patterns have been incredibly disruptive lately? Uh, because I'm fearful that she's going to make a change in my medication and, and assume that it's because of my medication that my moods are being altered. And I truly don't feel like that. So I guess when I present to her tonight, I will make sure that I tell her about all the lack of sleep that I've been having for the most part and the effect that it's had on me and how I do think that I am still stable. Um, while I did find myself looking up other antidepressants over the weekend, specifically Latuda, which is actually an antipsychotic. I just hear very good things about Latuda. Um, and it's, I don't know. I don't know if it's me wanting just a, a mental change, looking for a spark of some sort. I don't know what it is. And I'm not sure exactly where I stand right now. I do know that. I just know that the time change has certainly not helped circumstances in terms of my mood. Um, so I got to really, really monitor things. I believe that it's important that I start using my mood tracking app again, because if I haven't mentioned that in the past couple of uh, podcast episodes, I've been real lazy with that thing. And it's time now. It's time to get back into the swing of things. It's amazing how when we're on a good roll, we start to lose track of the things that kept us stable. And the important routines that we have in life that are so important to follow. And when we we kind of venture away from them, those are the things that trigger our moods. And man, again, sleep, come on, you gotta sleep, Mr. Joe, you got to. It doesn't matter what trip you're on, you have to sleep. You don't have that ability that you once had when you were a little guy. When you were out drinking six days a week, getting three, four hours of sleep every single night, getting up and doing it all over again, it doesn't work like that. I mean, you're not even drinking now. Could you imagine if you were back to being an alcoholic? Well, I listen, I guess things would have been a heck of a lot different. I would have had a very different trip if that was the case, and I was still partying and drinking. But I will say this, none of the urges that I had spoken about last week, I was able to push them aside, which made me very happy. So in one aspect, that's a good thing. My mania did not take over. It allowed me to make logical choices. So I'm proud to say that. But ultimately, the sleep and the time change has done a number on Mr. Joe's uh, mental state of mind. So I'm going to have to really pay attention to this. And um, I think the, the ultimate lesson learned here is that, especially when the time changes... And the seasons change, respectfully. Time change, season change, both of those things, combination, or, you know, just one of those things, whatever you want to say. Uh, Any one of those things happens. We have to make sure that our sleep not only stays the same, but if not, you get better sleep, if at all possible. Because how many times has Mr. Joe said that sleep is the key to our moods? Um, so I really hope that it's, it's something that I could pull together. I mean, but think about it. I just said my, my psychiatrist appointment is 7.45 tonight. 
and I wanted to go to the gym afterwards. Where is that going to take me? It's going to take me back to a late night again, but at some point I have to figure out a way to get this gym in. I do. I haven't come up with a solution yet. You know, I don't have to be in work until 9 o'clock, everybody. So I'm almost at the point where I'm not doing any cardiovascular workouts, meaning I'm not on a treadmill, I'm not on a Stairmaster, I'm not running, I'm just weightlifting. So I feel as if I just keep to the weightlifting, I will be able to prevent any kind of mania, and hopefully this weightlifting at night, if I decide to go that route, will actually make me more tired. I don't know. I'm hoping that I'll just come home, I'll be able to have a protein shake, watch a little bit of TV, and then call it a night. Now, the doctor visit is certainly throwing a a curveball at me tonight because it's going to make it even later, but I'm going to tell you right now, I will be absolutely miserable if I don't get to the gym today. I have to go. It's been days. It's been days. It's affecting my mental stability. Also that. So I got to get back and I plan on doing it tonight. But once again, look at the, look at the, 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 basically the chain of effects that happen because I am deciding to quote unquote, better myself, get to a doctor, go to the gym. Wow. Great, Mr. Joe. But again, these things are so late at night, this chain of circumstances is rolling into a bedtime routine in which is not a very healthy one again. So what does that mean for me? Am I just negating all the good things that I'm going to do for my mind and body by going to bed late? I don't know. I guess we'll find out. I mean, I'm hoping that I could get to the gym by, you know, spend 15 minutes with this lady. That's all I really think I need. Hopefully get to the gym by 8.15, be home by 9. Give me a half-hour workout, maybe in bed by 9.30. And, you know, instead of waking up so early, get up a little bit later, sleep a little bit later, since I really don't have to be into work until 9, and start taking advantage of the fact that I am working a 9-to-5 schedule now, and enjoy the extra sleep that I'm able to get. Really, I mean... Keep your brain turned off, man. Stop with your eyes popping open at 5 a.m., lay in bed, sleep. So, I don't know, maybe I can get into a better routine in terms of taking advantage of that later day of work and getting in the extra hours of sleep that I so desperately need. And then the earlier I can go to the gym, the more sleep I can get because I'll go to sleep nice and early and I'll get to sleep a little bit later. So, I don't know. It's a new plan. I've talked about it before. I've talked about morning workouts. I've talked about evening workouts. I've talked about all kinds of workouts, but I feel like none of them ever seem to um, really come through because life and work and family and raising children and all those other things that are part of life get in the way of doing the things that are so important in terms of keeping ourselves healthy. So at some point I have to realize that I have to put Mr. Joe back into the first priority zone. Because I've certainly moved out of that zone. And again, so many times it happens when we get complacent with bipolar disorder, when things are going well. Those are some of the worst things that can happen to us 
things are going well, and then all of a sudden we say, I got this. And little by little, life changes our routines and allows us to slip just that little bit. And whether we involve drugs or alcohol or just unhealthy choices, that little bit of slipping, that can cause some major, major mood swings and major, major bipolar episodes. Now, have they been major with Mr. Joe? I can't consider them major, but they have definitely been life-altering to some extent. Listen, anytime you've been away from your family for four days, and then the first day that you're with them, you want to cry, I think that's a problem. I think that's a bipolar problem, triggered by a lack of sleep and the unfortunate time change that we have to endure. So sleep is the key, everybody. Get a good night's sleep. Do your very best. Put on Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. Throw a set of headphones in. Put Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast on your nightstand. Play it over your phone, on your iPad, whatever it might be, and fall asleep to my voice and get a good night's sleep. I ask you to do that so we could all stay stable. Uh, I'd like to say if you are living with a mental illness and you're doing well, continue to work hard. If you know or you love somebody with a mental illness, I ask that you continue to support that person in the very best way that you know how. And if you are struggling right now with a mental illness, I ask that you keep battling, keep fighting, and most importantly, soldier on. Thank you so much for listening to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. It is awesome to be back. I'll see you guys again real soon. Have a great day, everybody.